Dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you again for the blessing we have already received this morning. And now as we open your word, please help us to understand this great mystery, the birth of Jesus, and what it means for us today. Send your Spirit to teach us and help us to be open to understanding something even deeper than ever before. And we want to thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. As we all know, the Christian world is celebrating the birth of Jesus. But as I mentioned before, the Bible doesn't give you his birthday. And even more, if you look at the four Gospels, you will find out that only two of the four would really give us a report of the birth of Jesus. And that's Matthew and Luke. And in this service, I'd like to focus on Luke rather than on Matthew. I remember last year we talked about Matthew. And what is the difference between these two stories? Well, if you go to Matthew chapter 1 and 2, you will find the story of the birth of Jesus with a new name, Emmanuel, which is a Hebrew term which means God with us. Practically means with us in the flesh. Then we talk about the wise man coming from the east, and then uh, Jesus' family fleeing to Egypt from Herod, then returning to Nazareth. If you go to the Gospel of Luke, the story is a little different. It talks about Caesar Augustus, who issued a census, and so everybody had to go to, the, to their birthplace, And this is how Mary and Joseph went to Bethlehem because they were uh, from the lineage of David. And there was an announcement that the person who is going to be born is going to be the son of the most, of the highest, or the son of God, or the Holy One. But we, we may not know. But I did a little research When was the first year when Christianity celebrated the birth of Jesus? What do you think? That was a long, long time ago. In A.D. 336. And that was the time of Emperor Constantine. He was the first who issued a decree that we should remember. They should remember the birth of Jesus And a few years later, Pope Julius I also issued a decree that Christians should remember the birth of Jesus. But interestingly enough, if you talk to a Catholic believer, he would say December 25. That's the date we need to celebrate the birth of Jesus. If you go to an Orthodox person, he or she would say this is January the 6th or 7th, 
because they use different calendars. Well, the Bible, as I mentioned, does not give us the exact birthday of Jesus. But we know for sure that the time when Jesus was born, Herod the Great great, ruled Palestine. And uh, he was a very ruthless man, a very tyrannical type of leader. And we know from history that he died in 4 B.C. Which means that the Christian calculation is not exactly falling on the, on the year when we start Christian chronology or calendar. Because if Herod the Great was still alive, he probably was, according to the Bible, then Jesus must have been born in 4 B.C. or even before the date. But I think these are minor things. And we should not create them and blew them up like the big issue. The main thing is that the fact that Jesus was born, and since it is not recorded when it happened, it is probably not important. More important is the fact that he was the son of the highest, the son of God. He became the son of God because he was God before. He became the son of God, and uh, we know that he was born to die. Not for himself, but for us. So let's go to the story of Luke. In Luke chapter 2, we will find a long story. I'm not reading the whole story because you can read it at home, and you probably will read it, hopefully, sometime uh, in the next few days. But let's go to Luke chapter 2. And I'm reading verses 10 and 11. Luke 2 and verses 10 and 11. Then the angels said to them, meaning the shepherds, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. So the angel is bringing some good tidings, according to the King James or the New King James Bible. Or good news, according to the Revised Standard Version, the New Revised Standard Version, the New American Standard Bible, and the New International Version. But whatever we say, this is something of a good news, or I should say, that's the best news. If you want to talk about the birth of Jesus, you need to tell everyone that this is the best news because it means that Jesus who created this world decided to die for the fallen race and this is really a great joy if you look at the previous verse verse 9 it said that because the angel of the Lord appeared 
and the glory of the Lord shone around them, around the, the shepherds, they were greatly afraid. But the angel is saying that you should be rejoicing, and this is a good news of great joy. Great fear and great joy. How can you move from fear to joy? What is greater, joy or fear? There are people who are afraid of going into somewhere where there is dark. And I know that there are people who are afraid of going down to the basement unless they have a flashlight. And they are simply afraid of the dark, but they don't know why. Maybe something in our genes that would tell us that you are supposed to be afraid, but I know that there are people who are not afraid in the dark. Whenever a divine being or a heavenly being appears in the Bible, the result is always fear. And we know that uh, fear could mean two things. First, it could mean be afraid of or be frightened or even terrorized which is all negative, but we can also mean, it can also mean reverence or respect. What about joy? The term joy in the Greek language means gladness and happiness. And from that term comes another important term, which is grace and kindness, mercy, goodwill. And finally, gift. The Greek term gift comes from the term joy, which means that you, you experience joy because you receive the gift. And I think we should all be joyful. And we don't need to worry about anything. In the Sermon on the Mount, Mount, uh, Matthew 6, verse 34, Jesus said the following, Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. What do we know about the, the origin of fear or worry? You all know that if you go back to the very beginning of the Bible, to Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve did what they were not supposed to do, and they hid themselves behind the trees or the bushes, and God was looking for them, and he said, Where are you? What did they say? We heard your voice and we, we were afraid so we hid ourselves. Uh, fear comes with sin. And we should say that 
fear belongs to sin. Whatever happens to you, and you, you feel that you did something against God or against somebody, you would feel a kind of shame. And of course, that's what experienced Adam and Eve. They were not simply afraid of the voice of God, but because of their shame, they decided to, to hit themselves. But the question is, how can we overcome fear? And since we are very close to Christmas, I'm thinking of the joy that it would bring to all of us. How should we overcome fear? Well, I'd like to read a few Bible verses, if you don't mind, um, from the book of Joshua first. And even we can make a reference to a Bible verse back in, in uh, Exodus chapter 3, verse 6, when the Bible says Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Moses was a powerful man, but he was afraid of looking upon God. And it was not really God or God's face, but it was the burning bush. God appeared in that fire, and it was so frightening that he hid himself. He could not look at God. But let's go to the book of, of Joshua. This is a very interesting book that follows uh, Deuteronomy and uh, it talks about uh, Joshua and his, his understanding and Moses' understanding of God. So this is Joshua chapter 1 and then verse 9. It says, Have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So how to overcome fear? By believing that God is always with us. It says the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And this man, Moses, who had some encounters with God, and as I quoted the sentence from uh, Exodus chapter 3, he was afraid of looking at the burning bush. Now he's saying that I commanded you, you should never be afraid or should not be dismayed because you know that the Lord is with us wherever you go. And please remember, whenever you have some fear in your hearts, or when you worry, Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow, but we still worry sometimes about tomorrow. We, we should think about the fact that God is with us wherever we go. And there is no moment in our lives even if we are in a dark place or in the basement, God is still with us. And so that's a very encouraging thing. This is lesson number one we need to learn that whenever it comes to fear, 
God wants us to overcome fear by knowing that he is with us. The next Bible verse I would read from the book of Daniel. Daniel is, is known of, of a very important prophecy book, of course. But we need to understand that uh, Daniel gives us some stories about his personal experience, like in chapter 10, Daniel 10. I'm just reading two verses, uh, 12 and 19. Daniel chapter 10 and verse 12 and then 19. Then he, meaning the angel, said to me, me mean, means Daniel, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come because of your words. Do not fear, Daniel, because your prayers are accepted. We heard your prayers, your, your, uh, your heart's condition, and you humbled yourself. And I have come because of your words. And if you turn the page to verse 19, same chapter it says, and he said, O man, greatly beloved, fear not, peace be to you, be strong, yes, be strong. So when he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. The second source of overcoming is the fact that God hears our prayers. Sometimes we pray for weeks, months, maybe years for somebody or for something. And we might have a temptation to believe that our prayers are not heard. But the angel is telling Daniel that you should never think about that because whenever you decided you want to pray, you want to humble yourself, everything is known by God. The third source of overcoming is the strength that comes from God. And so Daniel said that I lost all my, all my strength because of this vision. But God said, fear not and peace be to you. And he gave the power, the divine power that could strengthen this prophet. He was an elderly man at that time, somewhere close to 90. And because of his age and probably his, uh, his weakness, it said that I had no strength in me. In verse 17, the same chapter, it says that I had no strength remain, remains in me. And nor is any breath left in me. But the angels, angel said, O oh man greatly beloved, fear not. So think about the fact that God loves you. You are loved. You are a beloved servant of the Lord. So peace be to you. Be strong. 
And it's not simply a command, it's a source of strength. And he said, I was strengthened and said, let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. Well, you can say these verses are all from the, from the Old Testament. What about the New Testament? Well, I'd like to read at least two beautiful Bible verses. Uh, one is found in the first letter of John. So let's go to the first letter of John, then we move back to Hebrews. First letter of John, chapter 4, and then verses 18 and 19. This is the first letter of John, chapter 4, and then verses 18 and 19. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Love is a healing power. And we need to understand something that there is nothing else that would be more powerful than the love of God. Because that love can cast out fear. And whenever Satan is tempting us that don't think about God, think about your worries. Because you have failed again. You made a promise, you, you could not keep the promise. And you failed again and again and again, and so you should give up. But where is the love of God? The love of God can cast out fear. And so as long as we have fear, it means we need to grow a little more in, in love. And we know that God's love is always comes uh, before our response. This is how God loves us. He loves us before we even knew anything about God. Do you think that God can love a person who is an unbeliever? Or does God love believers? Only? Well, I, I believe God loves everyone. Because God so loved the world. So everyone is included. And whenever you feel you have some, something frightening, think about the love of God. Because whenever we think of the birth of Jesus, we need to think about the love of God. And the love of God is another source of overcoming evil as well as fear. And finally, I'd like to turn back a little bit to Hebrews. And Hebrews chapter 2. <clears throat> and this is what comes very close to 
our worship service, and the purpose of our worship is communion. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, meaning Jesus, likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Do you know that fear is like bondage? It's like mental or emotional slavery. Because you are afraid of something. You, you feel you are bound to something. And the, the person who can keep you under this threat is Satan himself. When I talk to people who are not really believers, they would say, what is the purpose of life? We are born, we have a, a short life, we get sick, we get old, and at the end we die and that's it. No purpose. The whole life is full of fear. But this Bible passage says that Jesus decided to become flesh and blood in order to overcome the one who had power over death. And whenever you, you are afraid of death, and some people are really afraid of dying, they have terrible time to deal with with aging or or getting sick and 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 thinking of dying but this bible verse says that god made a very special covenant with us because he decided to release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage he released these people he took away the fear. And so they set them, he set them free. Today we have a communion service. What do you think of being set free? That we would all experience today that God is setting us free. Free from sin. Free from anxiety. Stress. Free from the fear of passing or death. Or sickness. Free from worry. Fear, fear from... Uh, from the next day and God would remove that from our minds and hearts it's true that love can cast out fear 
And my prayer this morning is that our good Lord, through this communion service, would teach us how to overcome fear. Because greater is the joy than the fear, which sometimes comes close to us. So may God bless us as we partake in this service. Amen.